see the fucked up ways people sit at desks during the day. Like, so how do you sit at a desk? Because we're sitting here just now, and Greg, your body's a I'm little bit twisted. Stupid, yeah. yeah, so yeah. sitting there for for a long time, that like you're probably going to get sore. So I mean, you're kind of twisted the other way, but not um, kinda, not as yeah. much. And I'm kind of fairly straight just, on. But whenever I talk to you, Greg, I'm, yeah. I'm twisting. The goal isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. You're listening to Perspective, a podcast for wedding craves, where we sit down, often with a special guest, and talk about our many years of experience in the wedding industry. On today's episode, episode 24, we're shifting gears and doing something a little bit different. On the podcast today, we have Ross Stewart, who does not work in the wedding industry, but is one of the best, if not the best, personal trainer in Scotland and perhaps, let's go wild here, best in the UK. During busy wedding seasons, it's all too easy to get carried away shooting back-to-back weddings and not really looking after yourself. It then becomes apparent that you've put yourself under too much strain, and that only ends up in compromised work and a compromised well-being. In our conversation with Ross, we're going to be discussing how you can remain injury-free, as well as how to become more productive and maintain a happier, healthier lifestyle. This is actually kind of a little bit of a special episode because we have a giveaway at the end of the show. Our first ever giveaway. A first ever giveaway. Should we tell them what it is or should we just have them keep listening? Let them keep listening. Oh, Listen you to the end, tease. find out how to enter. You tease. Maybe, maybe we should say what it is. Because it's a fairly big prize. Almost £200. Yeah. You're changing your mind now, aren't you? Yeah, let's, let's tell them what it is. You want to tell them what it is? Yeah. So keep listening to the end. Particularly if you're based in Glasgow, we've got a £200 voucher to try out Ross's gym. That's right, which, as you'll soon discover, is my gym. Come train with me. No, that's not a big incentive for people. Oh, that's right. (laughs) They're not going to want to do that, are they? But listen to the end to find out how to enter, and we'll choose the winner next week. That's right. As always, this episode is sponsored by With Jack, but I'm going to get onto that a little bit later in the show. However, in the meantime, Greg, what are we drinking? We are drinking some North Star coffee. It's their Peru blend. Mm-hmm. And I'll try and pronounce it. It's, I'm going to say, Nemas Flores. Yes. I hope for all the listeners out there, they realize that I get Greg to say the coffee names because I have no idea what any of them really say. And we're drinking some Long Blacks, mm-hmm. brewed up some espresso. That's right, through the machine. And we're here with Ross today. How you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Even better after a couple of sips of that lovely Peruvian blend. <laughs> <laughs> it is rather tasty, I have to say. It's the first time we've had it. Yeah. Or did, well, you, no. did you sneak some? We got it from our friends at May's Cafe in Glasgow. So mm. we've had it there. Oh, that, that's the first time we've pulled it on the espresso here. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we butchered it. So yeah, well, well, well done, good Greg. Tasting yeah. good. Indeed, indeed. Well, for those of you who don't know, uh, in fact, I'll just pass you over to Ross. Ross, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I could do. It's always an awkward thing to try and talk about yourself, and, uh, <laughs> although I don't find it very difficult, <laughs> to be honest. So I, I'm Ross Stewart. I own a gym in Glasgow, a personal training facility called Improve Glasgow. We've been operational now for around about four years and have just rather delightfully moved into what we call Improve Glasgow 2.0 which is essentially a facility that's over twice the size of our of our old facility and about 100 times 
as nice. <laughs> we went it, from it definitely is a hundred times as nice. Yeah, we went from a kind of dingy industrial unit, uh, and we're now in a in a kind of swishing and what oh, I would describe as swishing swanky uh, new facility. So yeah, the goal for us is to improve the health of the people in Glasgow and uh, to try and make people fitter, stronger, more confident and a little bit leaner as well. If we can do that whilst making people laugh and keeping smiles on their faces and keeping them highly caffeinated, which we do, <laughs> uh, then I'll consider myself a, a success. Yeah, that, that's true with the caffeine. What's your what's your coffee setup? I mean, obviously I know because I'm a member of your gym. <laughs> but for all those listening, what is your coffee setup? Our coffee setup, we get our beans from the Good Coffee Cartel, which is a, a roastery in the south side uh, in Kenning Park. And they made me buy. <laughs> I would say they recommended I buy, but they made me buy. Uh, I think it's a Wilfa. A Wilfa. It's a Norwegian Wilfa's brand or something. Like or something. I don't know. It's Wilfa. Wilfa yeah. Plus, maybe? It's the machine, and it's a it's a filter coffee machine. And as we were talking about just before we came on air, um, the the beauty of it is it's so consistent. It doesn't matter who's making it; it's very very simple. Yeah. It's idiot proof, and it means that no matter when I go into the gym, no matter who's made the coffee, it's good. If sometimes you make cafetiere, you you know you make different types of coffee. There's a certain skill level attached to it. Whereas mm. you know the person who's more experienced making the coffee makes the best coffee. Yeah. That person was typically me. So if I wasn't <laughs> there to make the coffee, it wouldn't be as good as I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas now uh, it's, it's consistent all the time. So that is our coffee setup. Yes, yes. Uh, I appreciate the fact that it's kind of got a hot plate underneath, so it remains hot. Whereas your old system, kind of, you made it. And then, if you come in an hour later, you're drinking you, you're drinking cold coffee, coffee, which I have done. <laughs> which is on cool, many but times. no one is cold outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's no, like, it, it does. It keeps it warm, and it, and it's good. The only the only issue I've got with it is now we're going through double the amount because I guess because we've got a nicer gym, we've got more of a kind of communal social area type mm. thing, which we don't yet have furniture for thanks to <laughs> delivery delays. But uh, people are spending more time in the gym. People are drinking more coffee, which means that you've, if you're not first, you're last, and if you're yeah. last, you've got an empty pot there sitting looking at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've got to brew yeah. up another another storm. Normally, we talk about sort of what we've been doing at the weekend mm. with wedding suppliers. That's a lot of filming, f- photography, but is your weekends social? Are you in at the gym? I'm glad you asked me this weekend after last weekend. Last weekend was a mad one, but this weekend was a, was a, was a fairly normal weekend. So yeah, we were, I was probably in the gym on Friday night um, until maybe about six o'clock. Uh, after that, it was a couple of beers on the couch with dinner. Saturday morning, we, we opened from eight to 12 and I'm typically there and thereabouts just kind of, yeah. Um, shaking hands and kissing babies as I like to refer to it despite the fact <laughs> we don't really have any babies in the gym but I'm there um, just kind of making sure everything's alright and firing some banter around uh, and then went for dinner at one of my friend's houses with my, my good lady and his wife mm. we had a, a curry and a few beers and then yesterday I was at my sister's with some family stuff and then we had them round for a Sunday roast so that yeah. was a kind of perfect weekend for me uh, I think yeah. I, Sounds I, tra- good. I trained on Friday I trained on Saturday with Rachel and her, her man Mm-hmm. And Callum trained as well, and then yesterday I trained as well uh, with Phil. Actually, me, me and Phil did a oh, yeah. in the gym. Oh, Phil. uh, Phil's a great guy. Um, <laughs> so that was a kind of perfect weekend for me. Uh, a little bit of work in the gym, some training, yeah. like some social beers that didn't get out of hand, <laughs> and lots of family time. That's that's a weekend for me. Well mm-hmm. spent. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first met you that you weren't really into your beers, or you, you didn't really liked hanging out with mates and drinking. Yeah. Is that a ticket that's changed? I think like three year, four years of gym ownership has definitely converted me into a, a borderline functional alcoholic. Yeah. Uh, now, I think that I've always enjoyed, uh, particularly over the past you know, two or three years, I've, I've started to enjoy like better coffee, which I think the, the, the correlation between 
it's, a, it's an easy kind of if you're into coffee you're kind of into craft beer it's, I think they're both very similar same yeah, maybe seems mm-hmm. whiskey as well and, yeah. you know you can get into those things so I think like going from just smashing bottles of Corona mindlessly to then having a little bit more thought about the beers you're drinking mm-hmm. and then you know just as we know as, as stress piles up it's a couple of beers takes the edge off the stress so for me it's a it's been a going from maybe 16 to 26 where I didn't really drink at all maybe mm-hmm. binge every three to six months uh, to now between maybe 28 and, and nearly 31 I am now I've probably drank more in the last three years than I have done in my whole life prior to that but uh, generally speaking generally speaking it's with moderation <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah. and it's balanced and out it's with, good quality stuff yeah it's, it's mm-hmm. decent stuff yeah. and uh, it's balanced out with, uh, with with lots of training and lots of uh, you know just eating like like a sensible human yeah it's funny because on last week's episode we were speaking to uh, a photographer who'd moved from LA to Italy and uh, he, he too, I think we all agreed that being able to have a conversation and really dig deep into like the, the things that you taste and drink and consume. I like the culture behind that sort of that sort of thing, you know, so whether it be coffee, you know, the, the way it's made, the way it's, you know, for beer or the way it's brewed, like all those processes, I find it super interesting. I do so. too, but I think it's also super dangerous. Phil, Phil yesterday, so Phil, another member of the, of the gym who's, who's been there for, for a long time, as, as Simon has, uh, he's opening or he's helping to open a bar in Edinburgh. Mm. So we were talking about the beers he was going to have on on draft and the, the, the beers he was going to get in and how it was all going to be from local breweries, like next door to the to the bar and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And what I said was essentially the same as you. Like the thing I like about it is going and oh, I'll try that one, then I'll try that one. But beer and coffee are both dangerous things to just try one <laughs> off, try one. Because because like whenever I go, Phil used to used to run a pub called Redmond's in East End, and, and Nicola would, and I would go often. But we'd start off, you know, I'd start off on a, pay, a couple of pale ales, move to an IPA, then move to a stout or a porter, yeah. then I'd move to whiskey, then I'd move to cocktails. <laughs> And like before I know it, I'm like, I'm having a great time, but I wake up the next day hating myself. And, and his coffee's the same, you know. You you have one, and you think oh, that was great. I'll have another one, and oh, that was that wasn't quite as good, but it was still good. I'll have another yeah. one, and then you're just wired for the rest of the day, can't sleep. So it's just I need to find something that I can do, yeah, and consume and enjoy consuming. It doesn't have such a detrimental effect on everything else. <laughs> I kind of want to have a brief uh, overview, essentially, of your journey so far, right? Because obviously, we've you've told us where you are. How did that all begin? When I was, I've always been into football, so my, I was kind of brought up as a typical, typical, typical boy from Glasgow. Dad threw me into football when, I, as soon as I could walk, I think I went to my first Rangers game when I was eighteen months old, and I was playing football when I was three. Like, as soon as I could walk, I was playing football. Uh, so that kind of continued and I was always okay at football decent enough played from a school and stuff like that local boys club uh, once I got to about 12, 13 uh, 14 maybe I think that the that's when people start you know people started hitting puberty and people guys bodies started growing people started developing muscles round about me I was kind of looking around thinking man I'm a bit of a late bloomer here like I'm I'm late to this party I'm still like kind of skinny fat like I've, you know that wasn't really a term back then I know it is now but back then you know I was like chubby cheeks a little bit soft around the middle um, quite skinny but and, and I remember people started kind of referring to me as like like a wee bit chubby 
and it was all good hearted it was certainly nowhere near bullying but it was just a bit of banter like oh, a bit, mm. bit jobby there I thought I don't really like that I'm not really into this and then I started seeing men's health cover models um, started seeing magazines and, and just becoming more and more aware of, of people being in shape which again it wasn't really a thing you guys are similar ages to, to me it wasn't really a thing when we were growing up like yeah. guys being in mm. shape it was like you know, the, the focus was very much on females to be in shape, and the and and that was not necessarily a responsibility, but it was like f- females felt that pressure of of being in shape. Whereas guys, it was like we just played football, what or watched football, drank beers, and if we were fat, we were fat. Nobody cared. Like mm. guys didn't have to be in yeah. shape. But that's obviously turned over the past fifteen years, and and certainly back then, I started to notice. Um, I thought. And I just started to see, like you know, on TV, like the, the guys who were, you know, getting the girls, the, the kind of superheroes that were that were picking up all the checks, which was obviously a, a massive driver for me when I was 15, 14, 15, <laughs> were all in shape. And I thought, well, I, I can't really control how tall I am. I can't really control how how smart or how fast I am. These things are all kind of, uh, to a large extent, genetic at that point in time. But I can control what shape I'm in. So for me, like I think I was fourteen. I made my mom take me down to the the local authority council gym and, and sign me up on her on her card uh, and from there I just started training did my, indu- in my bleh, did my induction and started just training like kind of whatever the, the gym instructor who took that told me to do I was just doing all the time uh, and then by kind of like 15, 16 I was in pretty good shape so after about a year I was like well, I had, had kind of abs and stuff and I was the guy that was taking protein shakes into school when nobody knew like, what the hell is that you know nowadays <laughs> yeah. that's fairly common but 15 years ago people were like what, what have you got yeah. there eating tuna out of cans and just doing all that like daft the stuff that we would laugh at and, and think is daft now because we're you know further on and we're not necessarily as, as or I'm not necessarily that into fitness anymore mm. uh, at, at that kind of intent level and intensity and then from there I was continuing to play football I was in shape I was going to the gym football became not kind of enough for me and I started working with a guy who's a Thai boxer and I just found his confidence infectious and I thought oh, like, what is it you do like the way he walked, the way he talked, the way he carried yeah. himself. Just yeah. like, what is it you do? Like, because whatever you do, I want, I want to do. He said, like, oh. and obviously the conversation didn't quite go like that. It's kind of psycho. <laughs> <laughs> but as we got to know each other, he's like, I'm a Thai boxer. You know, I fight professionally. And I was like, let's. He said, do you want to come to, cl- to a class with me? So I went and started doing doing Thai boxing. Got my ass handed to me time and time and time again <laughs> for years and years and years. Uh, and then transitioned over into to mixed martial arts. But from in that experience doing Thai boxing, I, I remember doing it because I started it because the football season finished. I remember doing it over the summer and I went back to the pre-season training with my football team. And pre-season is a, a notoriously difficult period of training for any footballer. Nobody looks forward to it, but I was really looking forward to it. And I went and I was just running rings around all my teammates and my coaches were like, what the fuck have you been doing? Sorry if I can't swear, but like, <laughs> no, what, you're fine, you're fine. what have you been doing over over the summer? And uh, and they were almost like taking the piss. I think, like, yeah, go run up there and come back. Boof, boof. Like, you back up. Go and do it again. I was just like, I just love fitness. And I, I, I was, I guess it's that kind of like positive spiral. Like, the more I did it, the more I enjoyed it, the more positive feedback I got from it. And therefore, I just loved it more and more. So, getting to martial arts, was doing that. Worked with athletes at university when I finally went to university to study sport. Uh, decided to work with athletes. Then took a kind of detour and decided to work with with general population as we call it in the industry just normal people because uh, athletes typically are in the kind of top percentile and to help an athlete like you know the, the way to look at it is like to help an athlete like take a, a hundred meter sprinter take one like point one second off their time you've got to spend four years training to take point one of a second off their yeah. hundred meter time whereas like, you can train somebody who's just on the couch take five stone off them in six months if they're super dedicated and change their whole life that's that seems more 
valuable to me. That's what I want to do. Uh, so for me, like that kind of personal relationship with fitness then turned into at, when I was at uni, like a potential career path, and then mm-hmm. qualified as a personal trainer when I left uni. Yeah, and then from there, it's just been been that's what I've done for the, for the past eight nine years mm-hmm. is personal training. Yeah, and did you? I mean. Was the goal of having a gym, or like in the back of your mind, like well, when did that start about? My my perception of myself is that I now come across far smarter than I should, and I far <laughs> I, I come across far smarter than than the person that I was when I was growing up. When I, when I was growing, all I wanted to do was play football and chase girls when I was at school. It was always interested in see how much trouble I could get into and just like just have a laugh with the boys. Just typical kind of lad, lad, lad. When I went to uni, I was like, let's scrape through this. Let's just get do the bare minimum to get through it. Mm-hmm and train all the time so I was training two three times a day I was in awesome shape like I kind of missed the whole student like drinking and like being a kind of slob like the stereotypical student yeah. I was just like mm-hmm. I, I treated myself like an athlete who had no talent to actually be an athlete I was like, I'm <laughs> going to train all the time because I love this uh, so I scraped through it and then once I became a personal trainer because I think I, gradu- I graduated in 2010 that was after the big kind of global economic bust so nobody was really giving anybody jobs doing anything yeah and I, I just became aware that if i wanted to make money and have a job that i wanted to do i was going to have to do it for myself nobody was going to give me that opportunity so i started off self-employed and it was it was being self-employed that taught me that you know i had to develop every aspect of myself and i had to become harder working like I, I always had a work ethic but i had to become i had to apply myself to the areas that i didn't like whereas previous in school you know, it's like maths, I don't like that, I'm not doing it. No, I'm not going to class. No, yeah. I'm not sitting that exam. Yeah. No, I'm not gonna do my homework. Whereas like once I became self employed, like if I don't do that, like that's gonna have a massive ramification on my like my development and my my, yeah. my success over the years. Yeah. Whereas if I just apply myself to becoming better all round and learning through every aspect, then I could potentially have have a good run at this. So to get back to your question of like was the gym the the, the aim, it was it was always like a pipe dream. It was always something that I thought could maybe happen. Mm-hmm. But I never thought I'd be good enough to, to make it to a level where it would be a, an opportunity. I got to about 18 months into my career and I was working part time in a shoe store at the time. And it got to the tipping point where it was like either commit to personal training or and, and, and you know buy a house get a mortgage and stuff like that and just settle down but I always wanted to live in a different country mm-hmm. so instead of doing that I just took the money I'd saved to, to, for a mortgage or I'd started saving for a mortgage and, and pissed off to Australia for a year so I went over there with the intention of just like bumming about and enjoying myself and quote unquote finding myself uh, ended up working in a gym over there because it's all I know it's all I'm interested <laughs> in I was trying to get bar jobs and office jobs and stuff and they're just like what experience have you got I'm like I can squat I can lift a keg I'm pretty good at fighting <laughs> and they're like no uh, so I got a job in a gym uh, thankfully there was a gym owner in Australia mad enough to hire me he was a professional boxer a professional MMA fighter and also played rugby professionally so we as much as I hate rugby we had a lot in common from a combat sport perspective so we, we had to off and started working together and then when I was over there uh, that was when I, I knew I could make it as a personal trainer because I knew I had the like for me making it as a personal trainer just being able to, being able to work every hour God sends and being able to work whenever your clients want you to work seven days a week like yeah. if you can do that you can you can probably make it as a personal trainer as long as you show up late don't stink are pleasant to people and stuff like just basic <laughs> basic things that yeah. so many people get so wrong <laughs> mm. uh, but when I was over in Australia and I was working in that gym I thought like man I think I could do this better. And it was nothing against the guy that owned the gym. I had a great time working there, but I just thought that like there's a there's I could do this in Glasgow and make it better than what it is here. Because in Australia, there's gyms on every street corner. 
There's Yoga Studios in every street corner. At the time, I was probably aware of one or two independent gyms in Glasgow. The rest of them were all fitness firsts and mm. like local authority leisure centres. It's changed now. There's, I think there's four or five gyms in this very building. Yeah, and, there is and, a bit, and, yeah. and just about like, genuinely, yeah. I think I could name I could name four or five. Mm. Uh, I was saying that to my brother-in-law before I come up here. <laughs> uh, so there's gyms everywhere now. But back four years ago, or, or sorry, six years ago when I got back from Australia, I think it was six years ago. <laughs> there was one or two commercial gym, uh, sorry, independent gyms, and I just thought I could do it better than them. So yeah, I was just aware that when I came back, there was only a couple, and I thought, give me a couple of years to, to build up a business, and I could probably have a go at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got back in, started training people again one, on a one-to-one basis, launched a boot camp, which I ran in Clarkston, and I think at the time I had a friend who was a personal trainer, and he wanted to basically follow me, and he said, I want to go to Australia and have a great year, but I'm really scared of what happens when I come back. I said, well, give me, that'll be a year. So give me a year to build this. And when you come back, I'll give you a job. So we did that. Yeah, he came back, gave him a job. Uh, then six months later, we ha- I hired Ali, uh, who's still with me today. Uh, and then I think around about a year or, or four or five months after that, maybe. Um, I can't remember, but we opened our first gym. And, and at the time, no idea what I was doing. Um, I mean, you were there fairly early on. I had mm-hmm. no, no kind of, I mean, our, our kind of whole goal with the gym is to, make people feel welcome take away the intimidation and the the kind of the, the wanky part of fitness uh, and, and and make people feel like no matter how fit or unfit somebody is to make them feel at home in our gym and just mm-hmm. to try and be like the, the best like the, the highlight of their day so that was always her goal and I think we've always done that fairly well but in the early days I had no idea how to run a business <laughs> my idea of running a business was looking at my bank balance and seeing if there was money in it or not and then, like, if there was, cool. If there wasn't, like, shit, I need to go find some people to bring into the gym. Yeah. Um, so it's been a massive learning curve over the, pa- over the past four years to get to, to where we are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously the bank balance is looking a bit healthier? Or maybe it not. Was, <laughs> maybe <laughs> not. It was before we put it all into this new gym. So people people keep saying that, like, congratulations on your success. And, like, well, like anybody can spend money. Like, yeah. Spending money is not to congratulate on. Congratulate me in a year once we've recouped it. Like, yeah. yeah. I, can on- I can only imagine how... <laughs> much restraint you must have had to try and have when you were buying all the gear for the new gym because like when we're like all right we're gonna re rebuy some new kit it's like oh yes this is exciting what camera are we gonna get and i can imagine you'd be like okay i've got a kit out of a whole gym yeah that was something i was super conscious of before yeah. we made the move so what i did and i think it was an absolute master stroke even if i do say so myself was was take it off my hands so i got it away oh, from right. me so what i did uh, very early on, was I, I recognised the fact that, like with a with a three thousand, just over three thousand square foot facility, there was no way that I could kit that out myself, like w- using my own ideas. Because I'm not creative. Like, you're super creative, Simon. You've got like colours all over your hands at the moment. I'm staring at your fingers, nails, which are all different colours as well. I know you said it was your kids, but that's, I don't believe you. That's my kids. That's my kids. I had a spot with my kids. But you're super creative. You, you, you get, Greg. You're probably the same. I'm not very creative. I can be creative, like in a workout sense, but I'm not a very creative person. I'm, I'm kind of like almost like on the spectrum with like mm-hmm. constraints and like my, my brain just works in, in like we in little boxes and I find it hard to break out. So something I did early on was hire an interior designer right. and I said, look, I want you I want to, this, to you to basically take this and, and do what you want to do with it. Uh, and we had several meetings about what I wanted the gym to be because for context if anybody's not kind of sure of what our gym is or or who I am or whatever, I wanted to make a massive statement to the Scottish fitness community and say we need to step up like we are failing people 
we're opening shithole facilities, we're running them very badly and we're delivering a bad service. And I think that's across the whole industry in Scotland. Uh, you know, there's there's always a couple of personal trainers or, or a, a, a lot of personal trainers who are doing very good jobs and there's probably a couple of gym owners who are doing, who are doing very good jobs. But I think in the main, we're making an absolute bollocks of helping people get fitter, stronger, healthier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the main issues with that is people are too scared to spend money. They're too scared to spend, to spend money because they don't have a solid enough business plan, they don't have enough confidence in themselves and they don't have the, the balls to just say, fuck it, I'm in. Like, I'm mm-hmm. in. I'm in. I'm in for a penny and for yeah. a pound. I'm, yeah. I'm going for this. And I wanted to be the first to, or you know, I must say I was the first. There's probably a couple of us who, who, have, who have done some of the things, but I wanted to really, really make a statement. And, and part of that statement was not letting myself skimp. So by bringing in the interior designer and saying, look, like she said, what's your budget? I said, I don't want to talk about a budget. I want you to go and just create me the best gym possible. And then if I think we're getting out of hand, then I'll pull you back. And she said, cool. And then yeah. she just went for it and she was sent, she sent me through invoices and I'm looking at like, do I need to spend that on toilets? Like, <laughs> lights, what? But ultimately like, I had to just put my trust in her. Like I hired her for a reason, I paid her for a reason and, and I think she, she uh, her name's Cassie Andrews from, from Cave Design to get a little plug in for her. Uh, I think that she is, she's probably the reason that, that our gym looks so, well she's definitely the reason the gym looks so good mm-hmm. um, and I think it's the best money we've spent was doing that because it took that, that thought process away from yeah. me where like, well there's a camera at four grand and there's a camera at 500 quid well, I tell you what I'll spend 700 quid <laughs> you know but the, the, four, the four grand one might give you like like you know movies that are, are, are films that are 10 times better but you just get that fear of spending your own money when you're making that buying decision yeah. so I just tried to let mm-hmm. her make all the buying decisions and towards the end don't get me wrong I was like right let's fucking try and pull back a wee bit here there and right at the start I was just like, like yeah. go for it and kit wise like our gym isn't treadmill based. We've just got we had a lot of kit already, so the flooring was expensive, but the kit was just kind of cool. But yeah, that was a that was a big thing for me just to say, look, you go and you go and do it. And uh, once we run out of money, I'll uh, <laughs> which we definitely did do, uh, I'll start pulling you back. Yeah. Mm. So, like you said, there's alone five or six gyms in this building. How do you now, you know, survive as a gym owner? Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, so I think like take it away from just gyms I think as a business in general like how many, like, there's tons of you guys as, as well and the goal isn't to survive the goal is to thrive like surviving I think if your goal is just to survive then you're going to make the, 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 the cheap choices if you make the cheap choices you're going to attract people who recognise the fact that you've made those cheap cheap choices I think you can there's up to a certain point you can deliver an amazing service without really investing in your yourselves as people and in your your equipment which I know you guys have done that we're sitting in a, in a cool studio there's Max every, there's you know there's Max everywhere there's a, a cool coffee machine we're looking at, you know I'm talking to, to a decent level mic so I know you guys know that but I just think that like, your customers or your prospective customers see if you're skimping and if you're skimping they're they're kind of the, the, the level of like, emotional equity that you build up with them like won't get as high yeah. And if you get new people coming in, particularly if you're a gym, if you get new people walking into your gym, for the past 18 months, I've been embarrassed bringing new people into our gym. Like, and it's, I've always been saying that like, we're going to be moving soon. We're going to be moving soon. And and it's dragged on and on and on and on, as you know, through through no fault of my own. But ultimately, I'm get, I get the blame for it. Like, <laughs> you told me I'd be moving into a bigger gym. I've been here for eight months. <laughs> Where is this new gym? Yeah. Um, so I think, like for me, the goal—the goal isn't to survive. The goal is to dominate. I want to take over. I want to—I want to be synonymous with personal training and and with fitness in Scotland. Uh, whether that's my name, whether it's improved Glasgow, like 
it's one and the same. It leads to the same place. Um, I want my team to get recognition for being the best in Scotland as well. I want them to get rec- recognition in their own right. So for me, it's just about being the best. And I'm not trying to, to be arrogant and say that we are better than everyone else and we are we are the best. But but every day we strive to be better than we were. We we constantly pick holes. To, you know, much to the annoyance of my team, I know because every day I'm like, could you have done that better? What could you think we can do better? Like there's fluff in that floor, like there's sinks in that dish. There's there's, there's sorry, <laughs> sinks in that dish. There's dishes in that sink. <laughs> Things uh, are getting crazy over but, there. But there's constantly, I'm just constantly like I'm a perfectionist. I'm constantly looking for ways to develop and to grow. Mm-hmm. And whenever I go into other people's gyms, and I go into other people's gyms often, I just don't see that same desire from from the majority. There's there's certainly that desire in some, and it'll be the same in your industry. There'll be yeah. you'll see the guys who really want to push and really want to make a difference and and to make a make an impact. And you see the other ones that are happy just making a living and, and ticking over and, and surviving. So for mm-hmm. me, it's to, to thrive. And, and that comes down to just every day trying to pick out areas where we can improve and try to pick out areas to be better and just make sure that we're performing every day. Mm. Like, obviously, we spent a lot of time, like, refining our films. But, like, the business end of things, like, especially, Greg, you did a lot of making sure that when someone contacts you, they're now in a funnel and, you know, there's certain emails to be sent and... You know, we've there's been comments said to us many times how fast we get back to people, how professional we are. You know that, and that's really important for kind of any business. It's absolutely massive, and yeah. see with that, like I don't look at other gyms as our our competitors. I look at one to one personal trainers as our competitors. So if you're a personal trainer and you're charging somebody 40, 50 quid an hour for training, like I look at you as my competitor and I want to kill you. Like not physically, but like I, <laughs> I want to take all your your clients off you because forty pounds an hour once a week across the month is something like 175 quid a month so whenever I speak to people that are our kind of target market is people who are training one to one with a trainer because they're, they're typically going to be training in a busy commercial gym mm-hmm. at peak times so it's going to be overcrowded they're going to have real restricted access to equipment they're going to be training with somebody who if they go in, if that person gets sick they cancel the session if the person's on holiday they cancel the sessions they're going to have to pay a gym membership on top of what they pay the one to one personal trainer Yeah, and, and for me like that, that's who our competition are so whenever I'm speaking to people who want to join our gym like not only will we save you money and let you train with us like three four times more per week at a, at a, a reduced rate than what you'd pay once a week with a one-to-one personal trainer mm-hmm. but you'll have like, our systems are just better we've got six coaches in our gyms at the, in our gym at the moment of which at peak times four will be will be coaching there'll always mm-hmm. be a spare person to welcome people in make coffee check in with people who aren't attending yeah. get in contact with people you know sit down have nutrition chats with people if they want them goal reviews we do all that stuff and and I've been a busy one to one personal trainer there's not enough hours in the day you can't do it it's just like how you doing Simon let's get through this hour right see you later see you next week mate right next person Greg in we go let's get in and you're just constantly it's like a washing machine you're just constantly spinning Mm. whereas like our our systems and our process are so much better you know an inquiry comes in and we're we're on them straight away and Mm -hmm. and then like you know when when, when you're available for a call we'll call you we'll open back up at four do you want us to call you straight after that yeah no problem great we'll get you in then you know we we had a girl who inquired yesterday morning booked a call yesterday for this morning she's on the phone this morning and she's in at seven o'clock tonight for for an introductory session like if you're a busy personal trainer you can't do that because your diary's full so for me like that's one of the things that i think this differentiates differentiates any business it's just the level at which you can get back to people your your systems behind the scene Mm. yeah and you need to get to a certain you need to get to a certain level before you have the the kind of wherewithal to think 
man, we're we're we've got nothing behind the scenes. We're all front end. Yeah, mm. you start off writing almost the same email over and over and over again, and then you're like, I need a template, and then it just <laughs> escalates from there. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you need you, to work on the cl- people in our industry don't like the word client. You need to work on the couple's journey with you and their experience of working with your company. 100% but ultimately like people are people are like, if they pay you money they're a client they're a customer yeah. they're, they're a consumer like that's just like they're all they're all synonyms aren't they uh, but yeah I think like the, the client journey for any business is just absolutely massive and I think that's where most people get it wrong most people are too, I think most people are too arrogant and think they're amazing and think well that person's inquired I'll send them a price list they'll pick one they'll come in but then you guys are doing what you guys are doing and I know that your service is, is shit up because we've used you before so when 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 somebody inquires to somebody and gets like fairly average service and then they inquire to you and they get amazing service they don't care how much more expensive you are because you've made them feel special yeah. you've made them feel important you've made them feel that you give a shit and therefore they're more than happy to spend more money with you that's, yeah. that's kind of how I, how I look at it despite the fact I said that we save people money compared to one to one person training <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean I mean, you know your service isn't cheap I yep. think compared to the majority of gyms but yeah because ironically it, it, we're probably the most expensive gym in Glasgow Despite the yeah. fact that you, you know we, we are, I don't. I'm not aware of any gyms that are more expensive than us in Glasgow. However, the way that I, you know, as I say, I don't compare ourselves to other gyms because you can pay twenty quid a month to go to a gym. You can pay a five a month to go to a gym. Mm. Uh, but we compare ourselves to other personal trainers. So we so we're we are a personal training facility. We, we train people yeah. in small groups. So as much as we are a gym, mm. like don't compare our prices to other gyms. Compare our prices to a personal trainer. And personal trainers will charge between 175 and 500 odd quid a month, depending mm. on whether you want to train once, twice, three times a week. Um, so that's always the kind of the way that we frame it. But you are right; we are the most expensive gym in Glasgow. So that's other. That's, I think. I hope. If we're not, I'll put our prices up and make sure that we are. <laughs> you just show yourself. <laughs> your <Simon. laughs> no, we don't touch our existing members. Size cool. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So obviously, you're not a wedding supplier. I think quite, far from, quite, quite far from it. Quite far from it. You do, are we business do, owners. We, so do, we do help brides get ready for weddings. We do help grooms. So we kind of are that's in true. some sort of sense. And we're involved. True, yeah. As you've touched on earlier, the correlations between just being a business owner alone, mm. there's so many similarities there. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. But the main reason we brought you in, obviously, because it's, it's getting to that time of year where we, we you know we call it the wedding season, right? It's pretty much just hustle, hustle, hustle all the time. You know, you're shooting back-to-back weddings and stuff like that. But what we want to do is just make sure that people are keeping well to avoid those kind of pressures that can build, you know, because if if you suddenly get ill, there, you know, your backlog starts to, to, to build up. If you get ill or injured, you can't shoot a wedding or two weddings if it's back to back, you know, so that's kind of our goal for this episode, right? People in the wedding industry kind of have, I think, I was going to say a strange job, but I think it's probably the majority of jobs these days where you're sitting down for long periods of time. Uh, well, it's driving to work and then sitting at a computer, maybe a break or two, but then you're sitting back down at a computer to get back in your car to drive home, probably to have dinner sitting down, to spend your night chilling in front of Netflix, sitting down, sitting down, sitting down. And then for wedding people, you've got the kind of the other end where during the weekend, it's so intense. It's like you're up early, you're shooting, probably not eating very well, not keeping hydrated, carrying a lot of equipment. So from your experience, what kind of physical ailments tend to be a result of that sort of work schedule? Yeah, I think that 
the, the sitting down, if we deal with the, the sitting down stuff first, I think that's probably the most common thing that we see. You know, 90, 99% of the people that we train spend 95% of the day on their arse. You know, as you touched upon from, you know, getting up, sitting down for your breakfast to sitting in a car, train, bus, sitting down at work, going home, sitting on the couch. So I think that that lends itself to, to tight hips, tight hamstrings and, and, and sore backs. So we find a lot of back pain, as you well know. I do have a back problem, <laughs> yes. So, but that, that's, you know, everybody with a back problem thinks they're the only person in the gym with a back problem. But the truth is that most people in the gym, because of the fact they sit down all day, have some sort of limitation with their lower back where mm-hmm. if they get to a certain working weight, they'll, they'll feel it in their back. If they there's certain movements they just don't like, that they, you know, and this is... This is um, that's you when you're, when you're training, but it's also yeah. a hell of a lot of people when they're training. Mm-hmm. So I think that the, the, the sore back is a thing. Uh, I think what we also see is shoulder impingement. So we see tight shoulders, we see shoulder pain, we see lack of range of motion in the shoulder. So I've got my hand out in front of me at the moment to show the guys. If you try to take the hand above the head, that you'll find most people can only get to to kind of there, which is you should be able to get your, your bicep and you know the, the gun of your arm in line with your ear. For me, that's quite tight and that's quite sore because I've spent a lot of time you know, again, sitting, yeah. So I'm you can trying see, it. So you can see that your elbow's bent, bent there, so try and straighten up the elbow, and then that brings it forward. Ah, that's cool. The guy's going for it as well. He's a bit tight. So you can see that, and you, you should be able to get it like behind your head, but for me, that's oh, yeah. quite tight because I spend a lot of time sitting at a desk now as well, uh, a lot of time doing combat sports when I, when I was younger as well. So we see typically back and shoulder pain. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, when you've got people standing up, uh, again, it's the back because you're standing, you're holding everything on one side to, to shoot. So your, your your spine's kind of curved, your body's shaped in a, in a different way than what's comfortable. So you'll find that one side gets overloaded and that can just lead to, to pain. So typically those are the things that we see most often with, with mm-hmm. people. Yeah, and it's funny, like, obviously when I got back injury, the last thing I wanted to do was go to the gym. Yep. Not, I mean, I had a, unhealthy relationship with the way I viewed exercise and gym and all that kind of stuff but more so just the fact that I was kind of embarrassed I was embarrassed that I was I think did I injure my back at 25 26 it was a good few years ago now so yeah 25 ish before I get onto this let me tell you the story of how I injured my back so we're kind of man children over here and back then we don't do this anymore but back then uh, we had nerf guns just to kind of lighten the mood, you know, every, every so often we'd do that or play table tennis. But um, one day I just pretended I was James Bond and dove across the floor and landed. And I I got up and I was like all twisted and I, I had heard something kind of snap or something. Like not a bone, but I, it was just, it was just, it was a gross feeling. And then for the wedding season after that, I was totally bent over. And I remember shooting at um, another wedding in Edinburgh and literally like I carry a piece of equipment where I'm like it's one it's one heavy load on my arm extended for most of the day or that's how I used to shoot then and it was again all the weight was on that sore side so I would be like doubly bent over and during a break I sat down on a couch couldn't get up couldn't get up yeah I literally had to pull them off the seat had to pull me off and the pain was just excruciating so um you know they say that nerf guns aren't dangerous but they are (laughs) <laughs> they are or impersonating James Bond is dangerous the nerf guns are alright do 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 yeah I am um, yes yeah maybe not dive to the ground so obviously <laughs> a lot of those injuries stem from sitting at a computer hunched over editing photos or replying mm. to emails how can people sort of avoid those sort of things yeah I think that let, let me go let me go back to where, where I think Simon was going before when he was saying yeah. that 
he was embarrassed to go to the gym and do exercise because one, he had an unhealthy relationship with it and then two, because your back was sore, you probably felt like a bit of a dick because you wouldn't be able to do most things. Yeah. Is that what you... That is exactly what it was. Thank you for reminding me. (laughs) (laughs) We've had tons of conversations in the gym about this, so I I know how you think uh, in regards to exercise. So I think that we had it last week. You know, I coached one of yours. I don't coach that much anymore, uh, which I feel really, really gutted about, but it's just one of those things. But I coached one of your sessions last week uh, or two weeks ago, whenever it was, and one of the girls came in carrying so you guys end up doing the same thing because you yeah. both have a sore back or you both I just didn't think it was a good idea for either of you to deadlift uh, which is typically a movement that is it's a great movement but it's also a high risk movement for people with back injuries and it's also one that a lot of people end up hurting their back on so for people with back injuries we tend to try and avoid deadlifts as much as we can and if we do them we do them light but anyway so Karen came in and she just looked worried she came running up and she just said Ross, I, it was six in the morning she'd driven here uh, to the gym she said Ross I, I just don't think I should be here like my back's really sore and she's a bit of an issue with her back because she has she's got a long commute to work she spends all day sitting down she's got a long commute back and, and it's just it's getting to her mm. and I said look just give me 10 minutes to get you guys warm and if it doesn't feel any better then like go home absolutely but give me 10 minutes because I think that she'd been at the physio the day before she told me what the physio said and based on my kind of relationship with the physio if these physios that we use tell people they can train then I'm fairly confident in our skills as coaches to be able not to do any additional harm so I said like give me 10 minutes of this warm up just to see if you feel better and if you do then stay and if you don't then on you go but don't just go home just now because I think that moving will help because that's typically as long as it's not like real bad damage, like nerve damage or like crushed discs and stuff like that. If it's like a, if it's a bit of a kind of like a lot of the, the time the issues with, with bad back is around about the sciatic nerve, so the muscles get tight around about the sciatic nerve. It compresses it and it sends like shooting pains down people's legs. And a lot of time, like movement just helps it helps relax the muscles because when the back gets sore, it spasms up to protect. So loosening off and promoting new blood flow into the muscle like helps it relax and helps you be able to move better. Mm. So after the warm-up, I said, look, are you feeling better? I said, I'm feeling a bit better. I said, give me the rest of the session. And if, if you feel comfortable, just give me the rest of the session. And like I, I think like you know, 90% that come the end of the session, you'll be thanking me for not letting you go home. Mm. And if, if not, you can take a run and, run and boot me in the boss, right? Um, <laughs> and she's been with us for ages, so like... You, typically when people have been training for a while they, they, you've built up a level of trust where they're like right if you're saying that then I'm going to unless I just feel it and it's just not right yeah. I'm going to trust you so she trusts me and then after that session she was feeling cool so the whole point in that is that like movement just helps there's some things you just shouldn't do but you know the, the best the kind of any any kind of physio or, or doctor that I've, that I've dealt with who I actually respect their opinion because a lot of physios and, and doctors just say rest for six to eight weeks that's just like the go-to because they don't want you to go and make it worse and then blame them for telling you they could do stuff mm-hmm. yeah. so it takes a doctor with a real interest and, and, and kind of passion for fitness to be able to say you're actually okay to train just do this and do this and do this and most of them mm-hmm. don't have that uh, sport like ex- sport and exercise physios will have that so the guys we use are very much training based mm-hmm. so we know that if we send them to if we send somebody to them and they say Ross they need to rest for 8 weeks I'm like cool that's serious rest for 8 weeks but a lot of other physios they, people come back and say physio says to rest for 6 to 8 weeks I'm like well can you go and see our physios because like they understand that people have got to move because for me my, my biggest issue is that most people come to us because they want to feel better on themselves and they want to lose body weight and they want to get stronger sitting in your arse for eight weeks with a sore back is not going to help you feel better about yourself, get stronger and, and lose weight. It's, in fact, it's going to do the opposite. You're going to sit there depressed, you're going to eat sweets, you're going to eat chocolate, you're going to eat ice cream and you're going to end up in a worse state. Yeah. So for me, like mm. even coming in and doing the bare minimum 
is going to be better than sitting in your backside for six to eight weeks. So I think a lot of doctors and physios look at it purely from a physical point of view, whereas I try and look at it from a physical and a psychological point of view because the individual's coming to me with the goal of wanting to feel better about themselves and wanting to improve their body composition and, and, and their body. They go to the doctor and the physio because they want to improve that pain, you know? So, yeah. so I've got, I try and have a, a more holistic view. Uh, so for me the best thing to do when you've got a sore back is to move but just move sensibly and that might just be like going for a walk every day like on your lunch break it might be going for a walk at night when you go home and I know these things aren't necessarily practical but ultimately if you've got a sore back once it gets a certain point you're going to be able to do you're going to you're going to do fucking anything to get rid of that pain Mm. like you you know you walk across hot coals just to get rid of the back pain because it's debilitating and it's totally demoralising so I think that the best piece of advice is just to, is just to try and move like walk going across trainer if you're a member of a training gym and you, you've got access to coaches like do a session that's coached and just let them know your back sore and as much as like the individual and you, you touched upon earlier feels as if like they're a hindrance and they're getting in the way and they're being a pain in the arse to the coach but mm. if you've got a personal trainer and, or you're, 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 you're doing some sort of small group training like that's what the coach is there for like, it's, yeah. like we, I always say like, you're paying for personal training let us personalise your training I can't do what everyone else is doing well you're not fucking paying me to do what everyone else is doing <laughs> you can do that at, at another gym in a group of 30 people yeah. like mm. they'll happily train you and, but like let us personalise your training and when I put it like that people are like ah right yeah cool I am paying for that so like, yeah cool so let us, let us individualise it and we've had the quick chat with the coaches over the years where the coaches are saying like I don't really want to change things because it makes that person feel like the odd one out. I'm like, but the person's paying you to individualise it. Like, if you get four people, they could be doing four totally different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's your responsibility to do different things with those people if you think that's what's best. And if they're not happy with it, then remind them of that. And if they're not happy with it, again, send them to talk to me and I'll explain it better. Yeah. <laughs> or I'll yeah, explain yeah, it in those terms because it's like, because that you know that's the way that's the way I look at it. So mm-hmm. hopefully that that answers that question in terms of what Simon said. Yeah. And in terms of what you said, in terms of Greg, in terms of what to do, like getting out walking, I think a stand up desk is brilliant. You know, because mm-hmm. you, you're, as much as you're standing at the weekend and that's the problem, it's a problem because you're hunched over with like 10, 20, 30 kilos worth of kit on one side. But if you're, if you're at a standing desk, and I do a lot of work at like my kitchen worktop, I don't have a standing desk, but I just kind of make them. Like, yeah. just put the laptop at, at Stack heights. some boxes. Yeah, just put that. And we've got, in our new gym, we've got a reception area and we're, we're intending on getting a seat behind reception. And Rachel, after the first day, she was like, do you think we need a seat? I said, why? She said, well, I think whenever I sit down, I just get, I feel relaxed. Whereas when I'm standing up, I feel as if I get stuff done quicker. It's like, we're not getting a seat. <laughs> I, yeah. and, it, and it's kind of like, for, for Rachel and I, Rachel's probably like maybe 5'7", five, 5'8", five, and I'm probably, as much as I think I'm 6'4", I'm probably 5'8", five, 5'9", five, in a dating profile if I was ever on one. Uh, but Big Callum, one of the coaches, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, he said, Ross, I can't stand here. Like, my arms don't reach the, <laughs> my arms don't reach the desk. So he sits down at it. But I think that a standing desk is a really good idea. Like, there's no reason for... In this setup, there's no reason you guys couldn't have a standing desk. Obviously, yeah. I mean, your stools we've are got a, higher, so you could kick the stools away. We've got yeah. a half-arsed attempt at it. Yeah. So I'm similar to, I can't remember what name you just said there, but the height these desks are at, they're not quite standing desks because mm. it hurts my wrists yeah. to get to the right sort of height for the keyboard. So they're not ideal, but apart from the wrists, it gets everything else standing up. And yeah. I do stand up a fair bit here. Yeah. He's lying. I'd like a good standing desk. <laughs> They're expensive yeah. though, because like, yeah. as you said, yeah. just stick a couple of boxes on top of your bench, on top of your desk, and you're there. But mm. I think that's a massive thing. I think that that most people spend far too much time time sitting down. I think that generally speaking, people don't have to. I think it's just easier to sit down. Yeah. But, but the other thing is when, when, 
we get people come in at the back come in, uh, it was actually Ali that started doing this with people whenever people come in to the gym and say oh, I've got a back, I've got back pain because we get it a lot when people join the gym like oh, I've got a, bit of a bad back that I need to be careful so, okay cool and then Ali just started asking people how they sit at their desk and see the fucked up ways people <laughs> sit at desks during the day like so how do you yeah. sit at a desk because we're sitting here just now and Greg your body's a I'm little bit twisted skewed, yeah. yeah so yeah. sitting there for, for a long time that you're probably going to get sore Simon so, you're kind of twisted the other way but not uh, quite, not as yeah. much and I'm kind of fairly straight it's, on but whenever I talk to you Greg I'm, yeah. I'm twisting but you see some people and I'm going to move away from the mic so I'm conscious that my, my volume might not be great in fact I'll try and pull it with me so you can see what I'm doing with my, my legs but this is so common for people to sit at their desk with like one foot underneath the other oh, foot yeah. and they sit like this all the way forward I used to sit like that in fact I used to do the like I used to put the le- my leg on top of it so yeah. sitting cross-legged yeah but with one just one leg just one side so yeah. like what yeah. you're so doing I'm, is like really compressing this side of the hip and stretch out this side of the hip and then you end up like with an imbalance in your lower back and like I'm not a, 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 like I'm not a spinal specialist but I know that that's not good <laughs> if you're doing yeah. that every day for like 40 hours a week mm. yeah there's a lot of people who work from home being photographers and they'll sit with a laptop on their knee on the sofa probably in the worst positions ever so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah totally sofas, sofas are really bad like I I I find like I I sit on my sofa and I really shouldn't you know you're kind of slouch you're you're not slouching but it's in the natural design they're so deep that you kind of you, to lie back is like I don't know to curve your whole yeah. spine and whenever I, I'm on a couch I try and sit with my legs straight and it's not because of anything to do with that's just where I find mo- I'm most comfortable on a couch but but yeah I totally, I, I totally agree like you just find you you just look at people and you just assume when people say I sit down at my desk and you just assume that they sit like a, like how a, a normal human would sit up straight good posture but then you actually ask people how they sit at yeah. the desk and you're like are you are you honestly asking me why your back's sore when you like look at how you're sitting <laughs> yeah and then ask yourself the same question and you tell me why your back's sore yeah. um, but I think that something I try and do is, is always take calls on my feet so I'm on the phone quite a lot whether it's like you know with opening the new gym whether it's with suppliers contractors the, the designer whether it's with I've not been in the gym that much or whether it's with one of the, the, the trainers in the gym to see how things are going uh, or whether it's up until now I've always spoken to, to to new people before they come into the gym so if someone's inquired I've always tried to get on the phone with them and then I'll, I'll spend 10-15 minutes on the phone so whenever I do that I always try and do it from a seat standing position because I, one I feel that when I'm standing I feel as if I'm more assertive I feel as if I'm I, I'm a little bit not necessarily more confident but I feel as if I'm I, I just speak at a bit of a a faster rate I just think that I, my, my conversation flows better obviously it's different for us just now because we're all sitting down in a chilled out environment but when yeah. you're when you're talking to something and you're trying to sell something then I feel as if it helps uh, I think that's all, another good tip so even if you've not got a standing desk there's no point there's no need to sit down when you're on the phone because you can go up and be, you can be walking around and even if it's just pacing back and forward on the, in the office mm-hmm. uh, or the living room or whatever I think it helps massively yeah so you recently had a BBC radio uh, show with uh, Tom Urey I did indeed right? uh, called Fit in 5 do you think any the tactics that you spoke about on the show would help with these kind of situations and if so what were the kind of key talking points for those who missed it the simple answer is yes Fit in 5 the, the, the whole design for Fit in 5 from the producer's perspective was to make fitness less intimidating and to lower the barrier of entry for fitness because people think about gyms and think about fitness and they just think of these like ripped six packs and massive <laughs> biceps and girls with instagram booties and, mm. and fitness isn't like that that's the high end of fitness that's the top kind of one to five percent generally speaking fitness 
is and gyms are full of people who aren't in the best shape that's a gym is there to help people improve their shape it's not there for people to join already in shape but the perception i believe anyway from the from the general public who don't use gyms is that gyms are for fit people but gyms aren't for fit people gyms are gyms are for people to go to get fit yeah Mm. and if people have been in a gym for for many years then they will most likely be fit but that, they weren't born that way. I wasn't. I wasn't fit when I first walked into the gym. I didn't have muscles when I first walked into the gym. I still don't necessarily have muscles now, but they're certainly bigger than they were when they were fourteen. When I was fourteen, uh, but I think that's the, the general misconception. So, fit and five. The whole point in that was like, right? These most people don't want to go to a gym because they're terrified of it. And yeah. I'm like, cool. I get that because we've tried to be like the non-offensive and non-terrifying gym in town. So I get the fact that people are terrified, and we've been trying to combat that. But they're like, yeah, but we want to combat it even deeper. So we want to basically do, encourage people to get out walking, encourage people to do bodyweight exercises and encourage people to do it in their own home or in their office where they're away from the prying eyes of people who they would perceive to be watching them, looking at them and being judgmental. So that's yeah. what Fit 5 was about. And I think that the the contestant, we got a couple of volunteers to, to come on the show from Inverness because that's where the producers were from. And they all markedly improved their fitness over the the course of the five weeks it was like the first week in january to the to the first week in february the second week in february and they did fitness tests the whole thing with that was that fitness should be the the main kind of focus as opposed to weight loss because everybody taught everybody does weight loss challenges and weight loss programs and stuff like that and i think that a lot of times that leads people to have a really unhealthy relationship with exercise and a really unhealthy relationship with food whereas if you focus on the fitness side of it and you see your fitness improving, which is the first thing you do see. You, you feel your recovery times speed up. You're not as sore between sessions. You yeah. find you get through sessions easier. You don't. You maybe felt sick at the 20 minute mark, and then the second session you felt sick at the 40 minute mark. And as much as that's still a fairly disgusting thought process, it's still <laughs> improvement. Yeah. Uh, so the premise of it was to focus on fitness, and then by virtue of people's fitness improving, they will then continue those positive kind of like movements or positive decisions into their diets and therefore into the rest of their life and it'll benefit their weight but yeah. indirectly but it'll benefit their weight mm-hmm. so that was the point in Fit and 5 and for, for you guys or for, or for the people listening the basic bodyweight exercises that we did in the show which I believe will still be available on the BBC website at bbc.co.uk forward slash Fit and 5 I think is the, the URL cool. uh, I'll, the, I'll find the link and put it in the show, show notes the, yeah. the exercises are all in there they were on the, the BBC website uh, and the BBC Facebook page but they will all help because ultimately if you're the, the, the stronger you are and the fitter you are the more able you're going to be to carry around carry around camera kit and film weddings and mm-hmm. if if your endurance is better you'll be able to do it for a longer period without getting as tired and and that for me m- must be the most difficult thing for you guys when you're into your seventh hour of filming or whatever it is and your arms starting to shake and your your back starting to get sore mm-hmm. like the stronger and fitter you are and the better endurance you have the easier that's going to be and therefore the more enjoyable your job's going to be and the less terrified you're going to be of had to sit down and edit videos for a full day with your body aching yeah because your body will be in a better place so for for me those those simple exercises which you know were designed for people who are all the exercise i I was doing was for people who are like 50 plus and haven't exercised before so if most of the the guys the people listening are going to be ages with us Mm -hmm. i.e late 20s early to mid 30s give or take 10 years it should be a canter for them to start doing that and it's like yeah. just simple things like sitting down onto a seat and standing back up for 30 seconds like my grand's 85 and I reckon that if the seat was high enough she could probably do that and like she can't really walk to the end of her flat anymore yeah. so if she can do that I'm pretty sure anybody else can do that yeah
With Jack was designed from the ground up and is tailored specifically for creatives. Whether you provide a service like design, development or photography or offer advice to clients, With Jack is for you. It's focused on creatives. Insurance shouldn't be complicated, so With Jack has made every step easy. You'll deal with one form and talk to one Jack as you sign up, get covered and move on with your day. With Jack is all about bespoke insurance for creatives. Simple. That doesn't mean more forms or faff, it means less. It's not about endless features and stale service. It's about one solid policy and the personal touch. Bye bye, unnecessary fuss. Hello, creative friendly insurance. Be a confident creative. Yeah, well, we've talked about the physical benefits of exercise. What about the mental side of things? You spoke about it briefly. Is there a correlation between what we do with our bodies and what we do with our minds? How does our mental well-being improve with fitness? If it does. Yeah, I mean, I think that... I think I need to go kind of anecdotally here as opposed to to, to science-based, but certainly for us, we we find that we've got a lot of people who come to us suffering with depression and anxiety. Uh, I think that's becoming more and more more and more acceptable to talk about in society today I think it's all over social media you could argue that social media is making the issue worse but it's certainly making awareness of the issue better because again you know 15 years ago I didn't uh, for me I I think I knew one person who was depressed when I was 14, 15 in school and uh, and that was one of my my friend's mums who was in her bed all the time okay that's what depression is whereas now everybody seems to be suffering from depression at some degree I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but I just think it's becoming more socially acceptable to either admit it or it's becoming more commonly diagnosed. So we certainly got a lot of people who come through who have either suffered in the past or currently suffer. And I think that a lot of people at the start are very, very apprehensive to share that information. So a lot of people don't disclose it when they first start. And then after they become comfortable enough, they say, oh, by the way, I'm I'm suffering from from this or or this or this. and what we what we find and what we've what we've experienced over the years is that those who are, are suffering with depression and anxiety, which are two of the most common mental health issues, feel a massive impact, a massive positive impact from exercising. They feel that when they don't exercise, their anxiety increases. If they if they're used to exercising three four times a week and they only make it in once, their anxiety in the days that they don't train goes through the roof and they feel a lot shitter towards the end of the week. Uh, those suffering with depression, it's the same if they're going through a bad time. The, the kind of little endorphin rush that you get at the end of a of a workout, that feeling of positivity, like I've yeah. achieved something, I've ticked a box, that then leads to more positive steps throughout the the rest of the day. Now, obviously, there's chronic there's chronic cases where like you need a hell of a lot more than a workout to 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 get your your mind back on track. But certainly, from the people that we've trained over the years who have, who have suffered with depression and anxiety, it's, it's a massive help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and for myself. As much as I've never been diagnosed with anything, I've never, I would never claim to have had uh, depression. Uh, but I do feel as if that when you go, when I've been through tough times, uh, you know, I was, I was married and divorced within five months uh, when I was twenty-eight. I've opened two gyms now, and I think they are fairly stressful, stressful things to do. Uh, and being in really tight situations where, like, you know, it's like, fuck, if we don't, if we don't do this, we could event, we could lose the business. Mm. Or if I don't do this, like this, I'm not going to pay wages and stuff. Yeah. So a stressful situation. And training always helps that. Whether it's hitting the bag, whether it's going for a run, whether it's lifting weights, whether it's you know whatever that training modality is, you never feel worse after a workout unless you get injured during it. 
<laughs> which some people do <laughs> uh, and you definitely feel worse if you get injured doing it but typically speaking if you come in and do a workout no matter how bad you feel when you walk in once you finish the workout like your 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 mood is lifted and then that then should have a knock-on effect onto the rest of the day and I think that people who don't exercise regularly that's the bit that they just don't understand and they're very open about the fact they don't understand it like I don't get this runner's high I don't get this endorphin rush people talk about I fucking hate training I hate exercise <laughs> gyms are shite and you're like well you've never really given it enough of a chance I've been to the gym once when I was 14 or when I was 20 I went to the gym it's like well you're 40 now life's changed you know yeah yeah. so I think that I think that it has a massive impact and I think that most people just don't really give themselves the chance to feel good because they either go and they train far too hard too soon and they scurl right. themselves with it mm. or they go and don't do enough and therefore they think that's a waste of my time I don't feel good after that yeah. whereas if you're if you're taking through a good session that's appropriate to your current levels of fitness and your current like, kind of injuries and, and weaknesses and whatever then you should leave thinking man that was brilliant yeah I know that like I'm not the most active of people but I go through phases of running and I know that when I go out a run in the morning I'm way more productive the rest of that day it's like you just feel better it's yeah something strange yeah, but, but, but humans are, we're just a stupid species because like, you know that and yet you <laughs> yeah. don't do it every day every like yeah. I wake like, up in the morning with my running shoes set out so as I yeah. have to see them and consciously decide whether to go yeah and I'll still look at them and go oh can't be bothered it's mm. raining but I know that after half an hour when I'm back I'm like yeah feel good like it might hurt but i feel good for the rest of the day yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, t- totally and I, I i talk about that. anybody who who owns a business who gets in contact with it with our gym and who trains at our gym or, or whatever whenever they they whenever they, they they bring price into it like oh it's, it's quite expensive it's like but it'll make you more productive training yeah. with us will make you more productive which will then earn you more money yeah so like that expense will level itself out by you just doing better at your workplace like and, and then I take, take us away I'm like even if you don't train with us train somewhere because you'll do better at work yeah. mm-hmm. you know and, and don't get me wrong I've been through months and months and months where I haven't trained because I've found every excuse where I haven't wanted to train in the gym you know I've, I've maybe not even wanted to go to my own gym because I'm like man if I go in there I'm going to lose a rag with such and such about such <laughs> and such and you know I just want to I, I want to get in and get out get my work done and get away so mm. don't get you know there's times I've, I've for the past 15 years I've not trained you know seven times a week every week for the full <laughs> times I'm not David Goggins you know yeah. uh, but it certainly helps it certainly helps make people feel better with themselves yeah mm-hmm. so relating that to like photographers a lot of people towards the end of wedding season they're like oh my god I've got this backlog, backlog built up so they're going to be like oh, I don't want to spend half an hour going to run or going to the gym or an hour but that half an hour may actually make you work better and faster for the rest of the day you get to a point of so, diminishing returns when you're working don't you because like staring at a, a computer screen isn't working like working is working yeah yeah. and you find that a lot of people are like I don't have the time to do that they will, you do you're just not being smart enough with the way that you spend time and again I'm not being I'm not trying to, try to claim that that doesn't apply to me as well Some, there's times <laughs> I was sitting on a laptop and it's, so it's been open and I thought what have I done in the past hour I've sent one email yeah. Like that's like I could have been doing anything else. I could have been watching Netflix and I've been just as a productive, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not trying to say I'm an angel in that regard, but there's certainly if you're to take an hour long break and go for a run for half an hour and eat a, a, a nutritious meal, you're gonna find that you're gonna get more done in the afternoon than you would do if you just worked all the way through and, you know, grabbed a sandwich and a cake and a can of coke. You're gonna feel that an hour later you're gonna start to kind of slump and get tired and get that kind of drowsy way yeah. that mm. you just wouldn't get if you went for a run and, 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 and had a healthy lunch. Yeah. So 
obviously I've been to, with, with your gym for ages, but I haven't always gone and I've come and like come in and out of uh, coming in regularly and then not coming in for months. Like there's been that slump for people who are listening and who are in a slump. How can you help them get out of it? Like, what can you say that's going to motivate them into doing exercise? I think it's really difficult to give a blanket answer to that because everybody's so different. Mm. I think that if if I had got in touch with you in one of the times that, that you're you're in a slump and said, Simon, get your fucking finger out, you've been <laughs> a lazy bastard, you're letting everybody down, like that's just gonna like you're letting yourself down, you're letting Greg down because you won't be working as hard, mm. you're letting Lindsay down because you you're bet you're not being good with the kids just now because you're probably being grumpy. Yep. Like, if I'd have put that on you, it'd have made you feel ten times worse. Mm. You know, like and I'm not saying that's what I was thinking no. at that time. But to like, be fair, that might have worked on me because I'm one of those weird people. So I wouldn't have expected that to work for you, but no, next, yeah, next time it happens, work for ask me again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to cut that and ask Greg to send me over that clip and yeah. just send you it <laughs> next time that happens. Like, but for some people, for some people, that's what they need. Yeah. Like, oi, get your finger out. You're letting everybody down around about you. You're being lazy. Fucking move. He's looking at you, Greg. I, and <laughs> I'm looking at you just so you don't think I'm talking to you. <laughs> But that's what, some people need that, but then other people need an arm around them. Just be like, you know, mate, is everything all right? Like, is anything we can do to help? And that's the that's you know that because you've received yeah. that so many times from our gym. Like, that's mm. always our approach because we always want to be in the kind of like caring, empathetic place. You know, if you want to come in for a chat, like come in for a chat, and we'll, we'll talk about how to kind of ease you back in. Yeah. So for people who don't have a coach or don't have you know access to that help or accountability, I think that. Having a, me telling them just to get up and get on with it isn't necessarily the most helpful thing, mm-hmm. but I think to I, I think what's a really helpful exercise to do is to just evaluate your life, evaluate like where you currently are, where you want to go, and then figure out the best the best way to get there. And and for anybody who's going to do that exercise honestly and legitimately, they're going to have exercise as part of that. Yeah, because we know that exercise makes people feel better. We know it helps decrease body fat we know it helps uh, you know retain and, and increase muscle mass we know it improves heart and lung function we know it helps people live longer like we know it gives it enhances people's mood and improves people's sleep so if you want to be more productive if you want to be a better parent if you want to be a better partner if you want to 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 to, to do to change your body like exercise is going to be part of your weekly plan it doesn't need to be every single day but it's going to be part of your weekly plan because like there's no there's no the only downside is that you have to invest time and potentially money because you're you're either going to have to have a gym membership you're going to have to hire a trainer you're going to have to buy shoes and shorts and t-shirts so anyway around it you're going to have to spend some money so the negatives are the time and the, the monetary investment but that is a small downside for a massive potential upside so I think that would be my that would be my, my go to piece of advice for people who are who are currently in a slump or who have never really been into exercise is just evaluate what you want from life, evaluate where you want to improve and where you want to be better. And I, I'd be shocked if I ever had a conversation with somebody who 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 honestly told me what they wanted and then told me that exercise didn't have any part to play in in, in, in that kind of process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and just I mean, <clears throat> you said. Uh, you know, if people don't train with you, train somewhere else. Training doesn't always have to be at a gym. Of course not. Like any kind of physical activity, whether that be climbing or football or rugby or tennis or maybe not table tennis, but good try, Greg. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, anything like that can can have a huge impact on on your just just your well being and yeah, getting that exercise 
in a way that doesn't feel like exercise. Yeah, training's always been my word for it. So like, mm. I, like when I went to football training, it was training. When I went to tie boxing training, it was training. When I went yeah. to jiu-jitsu, it was training. When I lift weights, it's training. When I go for a run, it's running or training. <laughs> but like, it's just always training. So like, training's just a, a you know my word for doing physical activity. Yeah. yeah. And I'm and I'm aware that whenever I use that word, it's it's that can be an off-putting word. You've just highlighted that that can yeah. be off-putting for some people because like I'm not an athlete. I don't want to train. I just want to do some gentle exercise like well that for me is still training mm. you know I, I, I i've trained the last the last three or four days which is it's quite unusual for me but i'm getting into a, a pretty good routine at the moment uh, and it is just gentle exercise like i'm not doing anything mental i'm not trying to break records i'm just getting a little bit of a yeah. sweat on mm-hmm. getting my heart rate up a little bit test my muscles and, and going for a shower after it and that's all i'm doing yeah. so you know what i'm doing isn't even as hard as what you guys do in sessions in the gym it's just like I just want to try and do something most days, every other day, because I know it helps me feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason I brought that up is obviously because, uh, so last weekend, I we, we did like a family workshop fitness kind of camp thing next door. And, uh, I, and I, I'm really sorry, but I've forgotten the name of the guy. I'm pretty sure his name is Daryl Edwards. And he wrote a book called Animal Moves, if anyone wants to check that out. But I'm pretty sure that's his name. Um, but mainly it was stuff that you can do your kids. You know, it's like, you know, jumping, hopping like a rabbit or like doing the bear crawls with your kids on your back or something like that. Something that not only is, you know, testing your your muscles and and you're using your body, but also engaging with your family and and friends and stuff like that. So I thought it was quite interesting. But he said that he doesn't use the word exercise, which is kind of like training. And I'm not sure if I quite agree with him. He said that there was a, a negative connotation with the word exercise i don't know if i feel that i feel like exercise comes with positive feelings but but i kind of i understand when, when you say you've got to exercise it's like a positive thing for your life but then you say training that's that's actually doing the exercise so to, you know i can I, can I can i get where you're coming from i get where he's coming from i think that potentially what he means by that is that by saying you have to exercise people people just look at it as something they have to commit to yeah. and something they have to think about whereas what yeah. he's brought what he, what you're describing is he's just saying this is just something you do just move around with your kids it, just, well, just move well, just, yeah. just just have some fun yep. and play but, mm-hmm. but whether it's playing like whether it's you know, I, I just trained with my brother-in-law in our gym there and we're, we're holding pads for each other and hitting the bag. Like, for me, that's playing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just playing around. I'm just hitting the yeah. bag. Like, I'm, I'm just having a bit of fun. I'm switching my brain off. Like, that's that's me playing. I would also refer to it as training. I could refer to it as, as exercise. I think that the bottom line is that people are fucking soft and, well, and, and, if they, <laughs> and if they're scared of, like, the words, like, exercise and training, like, yeah. like man, fuck, just mm. go on, mate. Yeah. Just do I, something. I, I suppose you're right. I, going I, for a walk, going for a walk is exercise. You know, like you walk, yeah. you walk up the stairs to go to the toilet. You walk to mm-hmm. go and get a coffee. Like that's exercise. It's like yeah. getting your steps up. Like there's, there shouldn't be a, like a, a kind of snobbery about exercise. Mm-hmm. Which you know, I, I guess that's why we need to talk about potential negative stigmas attached to it because uh-huh. there is a snobbery about it. But there shouldn't, there shouldn't be. It's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I haven't read his book yet, but he, yeah, when he used the word, I suppose he meant like that kind of scheduled time it's less trying to get to somewhere rather than just enjoying doing the thing that you're doing and doing it a little bit differently like he used the example of like if he's watching tv the remote's over the other side of the room he'll crawl over like bear crawl over to the remote and stuff like that he said he looks like a weirdo and i can imagine that would be true yeah but um i'm sure his kids would (laughs) would love it i think that is something that a lot of people in our industry being sort of self-employed they've maybe got kids 
and that's why they work from home. Mm. So they might use the excuse of, oh, I'm busy with the kids. I, I can't go for an hour to the gym. But that's something that they could do. Yeah. Be, be more conscious of doing. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, whole, the, whole, the whole thing about Fit and Five, like the, the BBC thing that, that I did, was that like, do it in the house. Like, here's exercise you can do at home. Like, yeah. that was a, that was, the gym was, wasn't even mentioned. In fact, what was what was constantly said and it, and it kinda it didn't annoy me, but I was kinda thinking, like, why is a gym owner on here while they're telling people not to bother going to a gym? <laughs> <laughs> why have you got a gym owner in to do this? But it's like you don't need a fancy gym membership for this. And it's like, yeah, well you don't. Uh, yeah. like, do you Ross? And I'm like, <laughs> like I, all I do is sell gym memberships. Like that's my job is to sell gym <laughs> memberships and you're asking me to go against that and tell people they don't need a gym. But you know, they are, people don't absolutely don't need a gym. A gym's a luxury. If people yeah. if people don't have the time to go to it or don't have the money to, to go to a gym, whether it's a, a cheap gym, expensive gym, whatever, then you can absolutely do it in your own house. You can go for walks and you can do anything. But ultimately, training, exercise, moving, whatever you decide to call it, whatever you want to label it as, is just going to be doing a little bit more than what you're currently doing. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Is there any apps or anything that you would recommend for people to take that first step before they invest in going to a gym? I think that I think that YouTube is beautiful. Yeah, YouTube is beautiful. You can find out how to do anything on YouTube, and I think that if, if I think Couch to Five K is a, is a really popular app for people to use, like to to start walking and jogging. And I don't think that's ever going to be a bad thing. Uh, I'll kind of caveat that with saying that if you are like overweight and and you're carrying you know you're carrying too much excess body weight running might not be the best idea because it's a lot of stress in your, your ankles, knees and hips that they're not going to like and you're probably going to find that you get injured quite quickly running. So you might want to build up a base of fitness before you start running. So I think that's, that's a really common thing people do. People see running as the most accessible way to, to exercise because as you touched upon, all yeah. you need is a pair of trainers and, and you're away. Yep. Uh, but if your body's not not ready for that impact then you can end up hurting yourself um but if you just type in but like easy but like beginners bodyweight workouts into youtube then you can you you'll be able to kind of watch somebody on the on the screen and, and do it along with them and, yeah. and, and and that's for me i think that's probably the, the easiest way for people to get into it you just got to make sure that you're not if you see something see somebody doing something that you just look as if you're not going to be able to do and it looks a bit mad just skip it and do something easier yeah Use common sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You mentioned uh, David Goggins uh, earlier. Are there any like uh, books for people to check out? Like, because I know there's a good majority of our listeners who actually like to buy and read books. It's crazy. Who reads books nowadays? But apparently, lots of people do. <laughs> In terms of exercise. Yeah, like exercise, lifestyle. motivation, lifestyle. Yeah. I think that I don't. <laughs> I don't really read much exercise stuff anymore. See, who reads? I think all, all the. I mean, I listen. I listen. I go through periods. I listen to the audible. I'm a big fan of audiobooks. Mm-hmm. I find that I've got a really short attention span, so fi- actually sitting reading a book is it's difficult for me because I've always like got something else to do. Whereas an audiobook on when I'm driving or when I'm you know in the, in the flat or or walking or whatever mm-hmm. it helps. But for me, like, it's never really exercise stuff. I know a friend of mine, Scott Baptist, just released a, a book called How to. 101 ways to lose weight and keep it off or something like that uh, and I'm a big fan of Scots he talks sense a lot of fitness guys kind of sell their soul once they get to a certain level of, of followers slash fame and they start they start preaching stuff that they would never normally have preached because they're now getting more money and they, they, they start 
trying to deliver swankier head like catch your headlines and book titles and stuff like that whereas Scott has always held on to his values and his ethics which are which I admire and respect so his book is good but that's more it's more a kind of lifestyle and, and, and I guess there's fitness stuff in it there's mindset stuff in it there's nutrition stuff in it so that's a good book to, to read and it's also very 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 easy to consume there's no geeky jargon in it there's right. no nonsense it's just like like just dead simple, um, which which again is a, is a smart thing for him to do. Uh, in terms of of other books, in terms of lifestyle, I'm not really sure. I think all the books I read nowadays are all business right? business based. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, like is, there any, and, is there any businessy ones sort of that you would recommend for that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, let me just whip out. Just checking your Audible account. I'm just, <laughs> just going to start spitting them at you. That's, some of, that's some of the fine, ones I've fine. some of the ones I've, I've read recently. I think that one of the one of the things that that we have to do as self-employed people is sell. And I think that is something that a lot of people are uncomfortable doing. Uh, one of my favourite films is The Wolf of Wall Street. And I know it's a little bit of an unethical film because obviously <laughs> he's a massive criminal and spent a lot of time in jail. But from a sales perspective, he's one of the best salesmen like in the history of the world. And he now, Jordan Belfort now, now has a book called the, the Straight Line System. So The Way of the Wolf, Straight Line System. Uh, which is just brilliant. It's just about how to sell, and and it's now because he's obviously been in prison and he's back out and he's now selling this system. It's now how to sell ethically. So it's right. like if if, <laughs> if you don't feel as if the person's a good fit for your brand or for your your product or for your service, like don't sell them it. So he's always got that. So I can I feel comfortable promoting that book without necessarily promoting a criminal. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's a really good book to, to because it, it just makes com- it makes selling more comfortable. Uh, the Everything Store uh, by. Brad Amazon? Stone about Amazon is a really good book. Uh, Setting the Table by a guy called Danny Meyer, uh, which is a book about management. He, he's a restaurant owner from New York City and All he right. talks about managing people because I think that as you grow a business um, and you start to hire staff, it becomes very, very difficult to make sure everybody's, you know, preaching the company line or towing the company line everyone's on the same page and, and, and trying to make sure that everybody's following the systems the way that you want the systems to be followed that's a yeah. very difficult thing so that's a good book uh, I'll talk about a couple more uh, Shoe Dog which is the autobiography by Phil Knight one of the I've always been intrigued to listen to that brilliant. it's been on my list for a while it's a long one I think yeah. uh, you know it's 13, 13 hours 20 minutes it's quite daunting it's when you look at that like, it is, but it's brilliant because he suffered so many setbacks and he failed so many times uh, and he, he he was on the brink of bankruptcy bankruptcy so many times and he's obviously turned it into to one of the world's biggest and most recognisable brands so it's a really really good book I like Business for Punks uh, by James Watt the guy who yep. who Brewdog, yeah. one of the co-founders of Brewdog, that was a brilliant book as well because it's just all about like this is the conventional way to do things. This is the way we did things. We were yeah. the opposite. There's way. quite a lot of good alternative marketing techniques. Like obviously they go to the extremes. Yeah, but it gets you thinking. What could I do that's a bit different? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, a massive yeah. set of balls to do some of the things. Uh, right, we'll go two more. Legacy by James uh, by James Kerr. Have you heard of that one? It's about mm-hmm. the All Blacks, the New Zealand rugby team. Uh, and it's basically about like the culture of that team and why the team was so successful and the culture of the organisation. And I think that again, as a business grows, the culture that is that the, the, the organisation has is the most important thing about that organisation. Because ultimately, mm. if your internal culture is is broken or isn't quite right, then everything that you then put out to the way that you answer phone calls, the way you speak to customers or clients or, or couples whenever you first meet them. If if the culture isn't set, 
then there's not going to be a level of consistency that, that person is going to trust. And I think that's the biggest thing that people people fall out with businesses for is yeah. a level of inconsistency. If you go to McDonald's and get a Big Mac in, in Glasgow or China, it's going to be the same. And that's why McDonald's, Starbucks, if you get a latte from Starbucks, it's going to be the same. Like we're not going to enjoy it as much as we enjoyed the, the, the coffee we had earlier on. Yeah. But if you're in a foreign country that nobody speaks English, you're going to know what you're going to get from McDonald's and Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Um, so Legacy is a great book. Uh, and then the last one is the, the e-book Revisited uh, by Michael Gerber. Is yeah. It? Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great book because, again, as as you guys are probably the same as me, you started off as technicians. You started off like just editing, like shooting film, editing the film, publishing the film but now you're in the position where you've now got to do all the customer facing stuff balance the books do the, the accounts the finances we're having to do the marketing we're having to do yeah. the sales and it's a difficult thing so the, the ebook talks about having a technician the manager and entrepreneur and you can't be all three um the technician is going to struggle to be a manager the manager is going to struggle to be an entrepreneur within your your business yeah, as it grows you're going to want to make sure that there there are people in in, in those boots uh, or to fill those boots so that you can then focus on, on building a business and I think that I read that when I was younger and I didn't really quite understand it and I went back and read it recently uh, maybe a couple of years ago and I'm like man this is this is legitimately amazing yeah like mm. this, this just talks through all the problems that I've currently got because uh, I was trying to fill all of the roles um, and now kind of just taking certainly a step back from the technician side which you've, you can see in the gym because I'm not really on the gym floor much yeah. um, at all Although, you know, that could change at any moment. All, all it takes is for us to get a surge of new members and then I'm back on a gym floor. But uh, certainly at the moment, I'm, I'm very much like the, the entrepreneur and have a little bit of management. Yeah. Uh, and I let the guys crack on with it. So that's a great book as well. Yeah. I think that's maybe a tough one for people in our industry, like florists or photographers, to get their head around because most of the time they're a one-man band yeah. or one-woman band. Yeah. So they might not think that suits them, mm. but like I've listened to it and... Just think like setting up processes and it does sort of connect even if yeah. you are just a really small business. Yeah. I like mean, one or two people. And that's kind of how we'd run our business. Like I, I edit, I mean, you put together all the, the, you sync everything up. I edit and do all the kind of creative edits. You manage all the emails and stuff. And then yeah. together we decide where the business is going to be going. So but, some yeah. of, some of those might not sound like they suit. Because it's like building a team, they're like, oh no, it's always just going to be me, but it's worthwhile listening to some of these other perspectives to find out how other people in bigger businesses do things. Mm-hmm. So those are good recommendations. Yeah. I suppose, I mean, I'm the type of person who always, I mean, you're the type of person who always needs motivation to go and do exercise. I too feel that way. Although I'm, I feel like I want to be different than that. I want to be slightly better than that. I want to have that as part of my lifestyle just without an end having to reach an end goal you know but this year Greg and I actually did together decided to do Tough Mudder well Wait. I don't think it was together you and Susie decided to join up Tough Mudder and you just sort of roped me into it <laughs> yeah well originally I was going to do the 5k one yeah. but then I thought eh, it's not much of a challenge <laughs> I like how you consulted with your coaches before you, did, before you made this decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that that kind of got me back in yeah. to coming to you guys. So, but yeah, go cool. you you did it two years ago, I think, as part of the gym, and uh, we did Total Warrior, which oh, is like Total I can, um, it's, right. it's, a, it's an alternative. I think that one of the girls in the gym was asking me the other day if we could do it as a gym. Yeah, and, and what I said, I'm like, look, I'm happy for you to talk to promote it within the gym and to go and do it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really want to do it as a gym because they're just stupid. They are just <laughs> stupid, right? And and I'll I'll come full circle because it's brilliant and it's the sense of achievement's good. The mm-hmm. camaraderie's good. It's good fun. It's hard, particularly if you're not used to. I mean, it's a half marathon distance for Tough Mudder, and most people can't run a half marathon. But they I, seem, I certainly can. But they seem as if like, oh, do Tough Mudder because that will make it easier having yeah. to climb over <laughs> things whilst running a half marathon. Yeah, uh, that is uh, that is funny because Susie's like, oh, there's not going to be much running. Like, uh, I don't like know who Susie miles, is, right? Like... But she's talking pish. You're running a half marathon, <laughs> but obviously people walk it and stuff like that. I th- yeah, uh, I think what her thinking is, it's not a timed event, yeah. so you don't need to run at the running yeah. bits. You can take your time. When the guy, I've read the guy's or listened to the guy's book, uh, who who created Tough Mother. I, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, but yeah, look it up. It's good. And and he, the reason it's not timed is because he was a triathlete. I think he was at Harvard or something like that. And he was a triathlete and he couldn't get his shoes on when he came out of the, the swim and he was trying to get on the bike and he couldn't get his shoes on and nobody would stop to help him. Right. And he just thought, man, this is so fucked up. Why is nobody try, nobody helping me? Because nobody wanted to like take a microsecond or a couple of seconds off their time. So he decided to create something that was within the fitness space that would promote people to, to be more active, give people something to train for, but not actually be times where they had to compete, where they could help each other over it and, mm. and create a sense of camaraderie and team spirit. So his book's really good because he talks about that. But but Tough Mudder's hard and, and the injury risk is really high because you're running through bogs and you're going over your ankles and you're climbing up things, you're falling off things, you're getting electrocuted. You're like, it, There's just a lot of daft stuff in it which is brilliant for people who aren't fitnessy or even if they are fitnessy because it's an experience and it's and it's yeah. great but for me one of the issues that we've got is that people have a lot of faith in us as coaches and, a, and as a facility which is amazing and, and, and I love that and it's something that we've always set out for but what I'm scared of is that when people if we said we're going to do Tough Mudder as a gym a lot of people would, would, would say well I never thought I'd be able to do that but these guys will help me do it and it then puts the onus on us to help them round the half marathon um, and then their injury risk is just so high when it gets to those last couple of miles yeah. their fatigue levels will be so high and the sense of achievement will, will be high but I just if we took 15-20 people to Tough Mother and 5 of them got injured I would feel personally responsible for that mm-hmm. so for me I said to, to the girl I was like look you crack on and we'll support you we'll help you out with it however which way you want we can we can you know write your running training programs that you can go and do and stuff like that uh, but at the moment, if it was the five k, I would be, I would be, I'd be cool. We'll do that. Um, but the, the full tough mother, I think, is just a, a biting off a wee bit more than, than most people can chew. And then we did, and we did total warrior. So and that kind of like backed up what I was thinking because we we're, were doing it. And some of the girls were like, "Man, I, I'm so happy I did that. Like I achieved it. But I will never do something like that again." <laughs> I, I and, and I'm like, "Yeah, I kind of, like, I get that." And and we had a great time, and it, and it was good, but. I was also like, man, it's like this probably isn't the smartest thing for us to yeah. be doing today yeah. when I was on the course doing it with them. Did anyone get injured that time? I don't think so. I think there was, I mean, there was a lot of sore bodies and sore legs the next day, but mm. there's there certainly no bad injuries. Yeah, uh, but it was over a 10k distance. Yeah. And that was bad enough. 10k is six miles. Yeah. Oh God, what have I done? <laughs> what have I <laughs> like done? A, a half marathon is like a long way, but yeah. but again, like the whole point of mother is it's fun, it's not competitive and stuff like that. So, so it's great, but but yeah, and then if people, the, the the thing that's great about it as well is that it gives something, like, just like you've said, it gives you something to focus on. Because mm-hmm. sometimes training for the sake of training can get quite banal and it can get quite samey. And you're like, well, what am I actually working towards? And that's conversations we have all the time in the gym. People are like, well, what, I want I want a goal. And it's like, well, I can't really give you a goal. Like, what do you want to do? Yeah. I'm like, well, I just feel as if I'm training uh, for, or I just feel as if I'm, I'm, I'm training and 
really, well, that's a good thing because training's good for you. I know, but like I'm competitive. I want something to aim for. And then like Tough Mudder fits that bill perfectly. So like, mm. we'll you know, train for that, you know? Yeah. yeah. That, that's definitely my mindset when it comes to exercise. I'm like, I won't do much for ages now. I'm like, I, I know I should have been exercising. So I'll s- sign up to a 10K or something, which I've done for this summer. And I thought that was going to be my target until these guys wrote me into Tough Mudder. But I was like, when even signing up for the 10K, I was like, I know I can do that if today. I want. Yeah, I can do it like, today. Even though I've not been running for a while, I can do a 10K. But I want to do it at a decent pace, was what my thinking was this time. Mm. But now I've actually got to get some strength. Because <laughs> I could do <laughs> yeah. the Tough Mudder run, I'm pretty sure, if, with a bit of training. We've got time for that, but... I'm like, yeah, gonna have to do some work. <laughs> yeah, some yeah. upper body stuff. There's a lot of climbing over shit at yeah. Tough Mudder, or loads of hanging from stuff. Yeah, but uh, I, th- I think the, the biggest, the biggest thing to, to not worry about for Tough Mudder is everyone thinks they're gonna have to do it alone. But like, you get human chains that form over things, that <laughs> climb over things, and like, you get people who are able or who are going to be fitter or stronger who'll help push people over obstacles and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So there's, there's, and and obviously you can always just walk around them if you really can't do it, but everybody gets really, really terrified of like not being able to do stuff and like the whole point in Tough Mudder is to help everybody do everything. Mm. The only thing I would say is that um, the the monkey bars are the thing yeah. that terrifies most people yeah. because, and it's not, like, most people are, are, like when you think about like, you put it in practical terms for, for the gym, like if you think about trying to hold on to a 100 kilo deadlift or like whatever your body weight is, you're trying to hold on to that weight on a bar and you're like, man, my hands are slipping. It's the same when you're going to cross monkey bars. Like yeah. if, if you're if you're if you weigh a hundred kilos, like your hands have got to then carry that hundred kilos. They're slippy. They're wet. Yeah. Thousands of people have been before you and got mud all over them. Like it's hard to go over them. Uh, and a lot of people like just aren't strong enough to carry their body weight over over a set of monkey bars. So you see a lot of people like jumping and going to grab it and then just slipping straight <laughs> off and into the water. Uh, <laughs> you know that's gonna be me. Which is uh, people, you know people are like how can I do the monkey bars like. I, there's not really any easy way for me to break it to you but you're probably just not going to have enough yeah. time because you need to and I don't mean that to you guys but to <laughs> you two guys you guys will probably be cool but if somebody's like 30 kilos overweight it's like well we need to start by losing those 30 kilos mm. <laughs> and, then, and then we can focus on your grip trend because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your hands are going to have to carry your body weight over that yeah. Um, but yeah just be careful for the electricity that's what, mm. that's what I would say they keep saying yeah, that everyone keeps saying <laughs> that yeah fucking horrendous by the way I wouldn't do a tough one again just because of that electricity really? Oh fuck! Who signs? Who signs up? Like to run into? Who, who signs up and pay, pays to be electrocuted? Crazy! Some sadistic people. Out exactly. Here. But that's you two. You're going to be doing that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I mean, I've always, yeah, like so I've always needed to go and stuff. But there's there's also a good few organisations that you know help others with with goal setting. And I think my favourite one, just because I'm an Outlander fan, is um the 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 guy who plays. Uh, Jamie Sam Hewins, he's got um, something called uh, My Peak Challenge, which is kind of like just a a, a group of like a gl- a global community of people setting goals. So I don't know if you're an Outlander fan, check it out. It's quite cool finding that community to push you a little bit further because the community yeah. helps. Even mm-hmm. within some of the Facebook groups we're in, there's some people who are taking sort of fitness on to lose weight. Yeah. Yeah, just speak to them, create your own community. And I suppose if you're if you're going to if you fancy doing tough mudder, you know now that me, Greg and Susie are going to be doing it. And Susie funnily enough said, "Oh, can I invite a couple of other people?" 
Um, the couple of other people that they've invited are uh, sports students. So that, 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 that's bloody great, Susie. Thanks. This so the weakest think. link is definitely sitting here somewhere. <laughs> I think it's here. I think it's... I think it's you see, I think I, I'm not going to be able to run around very well. You're, you're more run. I can maybe throw myself over things. I might... Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Look at your face. No, you have uh, a good, you have a good time. I, I'm, I'm just I'm just always of like I, I don't want people's injuries on my on my conscience. And also, like I did tough mother in Sydney, Australia, or in the central coast. It was a two-hour drive north of Sydney. It was thirty degrees. I was topless the whole time. It was glorious. Whenever you jumped into wait the weather or just the fact that you were topless. <laughs> I'm trying to think of whether it was yeah it was glorious <laughs> back then not so much now but back then that was about maybe four years ago or five years ago but the no, sorry, six years ago that's three times I've got that wrong in this this podcast uh, but my point is like whenever we dived into like the plunge pools which they call mm. like enema baths or something like that oh yeah the, Ar- the arctic plunge I think it's now is that what it's called I maybe think, I'm I thinking think so. <laughs> maybe something, something else is called the icy enema. things no, yeah, it's sound tempting. but <laughs> when, it, when, you, when it's 30 degrees and you're sweating it's standing at the start line jumping into that is cool see when you're up north of Scotland and there's midges everywhere and it's like 4 degrees and raining diving into a plunge pool full of ice is not a good no. tempted thing so I did it I had a positive experience doing it because I did it in Sydney and it was beautiful doing Total Warrior in, in Scotland was less glorious <laughs> and and it was half a distance of Tough Mudder so uh, it's, it's good fun but yeah no, no not for me <laughs> I'm going to have to have my training you're going to be seeing me every day now <laughs> well, well done we'll look after you I'll get the, I'll get the coffee on <laughs> yes that'd be good so you've opened your new gym obviously we actually have a we giveaway are we calling it a giveaway yeah um, so we've got a voucher for improved Glasgow which is obviously Ross's gym my gym uh, and it's a gift voucher of £200 actually 199 to be specific Uh, (laughs) but I'll read you this voucher this voucher entitles you to one month's training at Improved Gym which includes an introductory session up to 12 personal training sessions unlimited access to our HIT classes two body composition scans education help and support with nutrition and most importantly of all results I should also say that the community uh, you you didn't talk too much about the community but Everyone in there is so supportive of each other. I think it's really great, and it helps me keep going. So that's cool. I like everyone in got, there. We got a strict no dickhead policy, <laughs> and that's something from Legacy, the book I talked about earlier on from 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 James Kerr about the All Blacks, and that's stolen from them. The, the All Blacks have got a no dickhead policy, and the book talks about the fact that there's been plenty of players, rugby players, that have come out of New Zealand who have been very very talented players and definitely good enough to play for the All Blacks but they haven't been a good enough culture fit uh, and they right. thought they would upset the apple cart so they've never received a, a game in the famous black jersey and that's the way I try and look at our gym I'm like the only dick allowed in our gym is me <laughs> 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 and, and I am the alpha male in the gym <laughs> so uh, whenever so yeah so, but as much as you know, I joke about that but we've got, we've just got a, a room full of, of such such supportive and nice people and that's mm. the, the feedback that we get time and time and time again it's like man the people in here are so lovely from the staff to the the, the members uh, there's just there's just never really a point in time where out or there's certainly a point in time I would hope that, that people feel uncomfortable no matter what stage of their journey they're at because everybody else appreciates how intimidating how scared people are walking into a gym so our guys from the staff to the members all make the, the, 
their priority to make people feel welcome and and supported and 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 just try and put people put and just try to put smiles in people's faces whilst they're draining. Yeah, I think you definitely succeed at that. To be honest, because uh, good fun. And how can our listeners out there, Greg, get a hold of this tasty little two hundred pound gift voucher for Improved Glasgow? So if you've been inspired to take the first steps towards a bit more of an active lifestyle and try and help yourself stay fit and avoid injury during this wedding season, you can go to our Instagram on the day this podcast comes out, which is the 25th of March 2019. If you leave a comment with your goals for your fitness or exercise for the year ahead and tag a friend, then we'll randomly choose a winner and there'll be instructions within the post to remind you of that yep absolutely and now that you know that we are doing Tough Mudder and if you want to join us feel free to buy yourself a ticket let us know and we'll add you into our team for going around Tough Mudder 2019 which is on the 15th of June if you don't have a wedding because it is a Saturday and tag one of your friends then we'll choose a winner from that yep absolutely and we will look forward to to having that person with us for a month yeah. yeah, it's a nice, generous offer from you, so thank you very much. Yes, thank you indeed. No problem at all. I guess it's time for our review shout-out, isn't it, Greg? It is, and I'm ready this time. Yeah. I need to get my phone out. It's okay, I've been editing all the pauses. It's been fine. You've seemed seamless to everyone. All right, okay. I learned so much by Ashley Baxter. So the review's from Ashley today. But she, like, sponsors the show. Isn't that Jane? <laughs> Greg's face. Ashley says, love this podcast. I've left the wedding industry now, but I still love photography and hearing how others have created successful businesses in this space. Simon and Greg always get good interviews out of guests and every episode I've listened to has delivered value. Thank you very much for those kind words, Ashley. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, hit that subscribe button so you know when the next episode goes online. Please leave a review because we want to grow the podcast. Or, if you don't want to do that, absolutely cool. You can just tell a friend. However, in the meantime, enjoy your life. <laughs>